What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast. And man, season two was a blessing in my life. Actually, go back and listen to the podcast to not only inspire myself and encourage myself, but just to see my growth as a servant leader. And as the host of this podcast, my name is Brian, by the way, if this is your first time listening, I just want to say truly from the bottom of my heart thank you all so much for tuning in and sharing uh this podcast has done amazing uh it's definitely exceeded my expectations so to close out season two i just wanted to make this episode and just be completely transparent um and the title of it is i am not your pastor okay so just to give you some background of this particular where the name came from is uh, if you listen back a few episodes ago, I was talking about how I was struggling with expectation, you know, a lot of expectations being put on me as a husband, as a servant leader, as a manager, as a dad and me really diving into the Bible and the word of God to kind of uh, see what God called me to do. Um, that way, I didn't have to feel like I had to live up to this standard or that standard. Just follow what God says, do what the word of God says and allow him to um, mold me and develop me however he needs me. Because I know um, with God's guidance, I am going to fulfill, you know, all the rest of the needs of all the roles that I play. So um, this originally, I am not your pastor, started off as a devotion that I wrote maybe two and a half years ago. Um, So maybe not even that far, maybe like a year ago. So I wrote this devotion um, because I have for a very long time now wanted to be a lead pastor of a church. Okay, I'm not even on front. Um, If you guys even look at the title Imperfect Church at one point in time, I wanted to be in ministry full time and wanted to be a lead pastor. And that fell through. Thank God it fell through. And we'll get into that more. But that's where Imperfect Church comes from. That was actually the name of the church that I was going to create curate develop and go from there kind of strong arm my way in the ministry per se so that's just kind of the background and i wrote a devotion about this but i said what better way to end season two than to just be authentic and transparent about a dream that i had and something that i kind of tried to force my way into so i for um and it kind of goes back to around 2007 i was selling cars and i never forget i was talking to a a lady her name was miss valentine i never forget this conversation and she goes brian what are you doing selling cars and at first i kind of look at her and make a face and i said well ma'am i'm selling cars to make money she says but is this you selling cars what you're called to do and i said to be honest with you ma'am i said it's not i said you know i had a great rewarding job before this but it didn't pay a lot so i'm out here trying to make money and she says well brian what do you think you should do and i said well to be honest with you miss valentine it's in between being a stand-up comedian and a pastor and she goes oh you know that's an interesting dynamic and i said yeah but i said unfortunately the whole pastor thing isn't going to work out because i don't have my life right and this old white lady looked at me and laughed and said, you don't come to God when you're right. You get right when you come to God. And that spoke volumes to me. 
and it scared me because I said, you know, stand-up comedian because I love comedy. I would never do that. Um, never say never, but I more than likely you're never gonna see me get up on stage and do stand-up. I'm just I don't have that <laughs> that uh, I don't have that quality. But um, and so it was puzzling to me that I said pastor, and this is a time where I was living my life. Um, or as most people like to say, BC, I didn't have my daughter. I was very much a single man having fun. And so it kind of stuck with me, man. And, and as life kind of progressed, you know, I got involved um, in a church and really started to enjoy ministry. And, and my heart, guys, I want you all to hear my heart. My heart has always been to help and serve people that that's that's where I thrive. That's where. I'm energized. That's where I'm 100 miles an hour. If I can serve and help people, I'm a happy camper. So me building upon my relationship with God, loving God, thought to myself, hmm, being a pastor would be great. And now, mind you all, I went to for over four years, a mega church. OK, so this is all the glitz and glam, you know, a pastor that doesn't um is not i don't want to say untouchable but does not have much access to the congregation because of how big and popular he is and you know it's one of the fastest growing churches in america and all of a sudden i'm sitting here thinking to myself man this would be awesome imagine me being able to do ministry as a full-time job like who wouldn't want to do that and so i molded myself prepared myself was like all right cool i'm gonna do ministry and it's so funny because to pursue ministry you really have to jump it can't be like a foot in the door a foot out the door if you're going to do something for god you have to pretty much go all out and i remember you know working at the credit union having a great job excuse me benefits everything you could want in a job an office downtown with a view and my heart was just ministry, ministry, ministry. I want to do ministry full time. I want to preach full time. I want to travel and and equip people with the word of God. That was my heart, you all. And then I went through the actual process. So I quit my job without having a job in ministry. I just knew God called me and this is where I thrive and this is what I was good at. And it fell through. And I remember just being completely transparent with you all and i'll always be that i actually wrote out my goals of what i wanted to do in ministry i wrote out that i wanted to preach to a congregation over a hundred uh, whether you notice or not most churches in america have fewer than a hundred members um i also talked about you know how i was gonna run my church and i mean i had everything written out had prayed over prayed over it, fasted about it. I just knew I was going to be a lead pastor one day. All right. I was going to will myself into the ministry. And then the bottom fell out. I didn't get the opportunity to work for the mega church that I was heavily involved in. And I started to realize things about that church that I didn't agree with. Not that they did anything that was against the gospel, but it just was more motivational center as opposed to gospel center from the pulpit. And, you know, I uprooted my family from that church. 
You know, if you've listened to this podcast for any bit of time, you know, the story's there. And my reason for uprooting my family was because I wanted us to be in a gospel centered church where we would get the word of God. I don't want I don't need to be motivated. My family doesn't need to be motivated. We need to grow in a healthy manner to where we get to know God's characteristics, Jesus characteristics, and to carry out the work of the ministry. Give us something that's going to equip us to know our Bible more, to be biblically literate, um, to understand discipleship and to walk through life with people in a godly way. So we uproot from the church. And now, because I was dealing with bitterness and resentment, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to make my own church. And guys, I don't know if you all have ever got in your head that you want something so bad that no matter what, you're going to do it. And so your boy went as far as looking up how to do a 5013C, which is a nonprofit. I got ordained online and it's so funny um, that I actually get messages from the company that I got ordained with of congratulations on six months of ministry. Congratulations on a year of ministry, Reverend Brian or Pastor Brian. And I I laugh. And and, but at the same time, I wanted something so bad that I was willing to force myself into it and not do it on God's time and God's way. Just being real with you. And so um Finding a new church home was difficult. It was probably one of the most challenging seasons my wife and I had ever walked through. But we found a church. We're planning in a church now. And whoa. Y'all, there was so much about ministry I had no idea until I got with the church I'm with now. And having that direct access to my pastor now and him discipling me and teaching us how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible. Now, mind you all, I've been saved since I was 10 years old, but there's so many resources and tools that most of the time, if you are in and out on Sunday, you're really never going to hear about these tools. And I'm so thankful that I was not chosen to work for this church. I'm so thankful that I wasn't so bullheaded that I decided to start my own church because that's not an easy journey in any way, shape or form. And so being planted in the church we're in now, I've learned more about the Bible in the August will be a year than I have in 36 years of my life. Like, that's crazy. And I've always I don't want you to think that um, that there was something wrong with the churches I went previously but the resources and tools and you know learning how to read for clarity and understanding as opposed to volume has changed my life i um you can ask my wife she's legit like brian if you bring one more bible in this house you got every freaking version of the bible this study bible that study bible a gospel transformation bible just all the resources and tools so i can uh, add as much depth as possible to my relationship with Christ. And it's funny because, you know, with help of my pastor and a lot of other my biblically literate friends, I realized there's no way I was even remotely ready to be a pastor. It would have been a dumpster fire, y'all. 
Do you know as much as I read the Bible? Okay, just a transparent moment here. As much as I read the Bible before, and I mean, I can show you my older Bibles where they're highlighted through and through. You guys realize that I didn't even know the Great Commandment and the Great Commission? Legit. Like two of the most important things, things that Jesus directly told us to do, I couldn't articulate that to you um, months ago. You know, and the Great Commission is found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where Jesus directly calls us to make disciples. Okay. Uh, the Great Commandment, which is in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Um, which basically tells us one, we got to love, love our, love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our might. Um, and then also to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Now I've heard these scriptures before growing up, but to really understand what they mean is different. It's so different. And imagine me being so bullheaded and wanting to be in ministry so bad that I forced my way into a pulpit and I'm like, oh man, I, I love the, the element of preaching and people are going to be impressed by me and they're going to look at me and go, man, this dude knows the word of God. And I'm getting up there either trying to motivate them or fumbling through a Bible because I wanted a platform so bad. And thank God I am not your pastor. Thank God um, through his grace and through uh, discipleship and when I say discipleship that means people walking through life with me people studying the Bible with me people praying with me people going all right Brian what are you working on what are you developing you know what areas are you trying to grow spiritually in wisdom kicked in and was like you're not ready for this and I remember praying about it because I always pray for God's peace about things you know we can be attracted to something so much that we will force our way into it. Well, I, I, I saw Bibles on sale the other day, so that must be a sign that God wants me to be a pastor. No, it's not. Bibles were just on sale. You told yourself that you want to be this because we can get so easily caught in the glitz and glam. But for me, I never thought about the preparation, the study, the counseling of people the truly being able to articulate what the Bible says, not what I think, not my opinions, not my feelings. What does the Bible say? And most important to keep it in context and where people miss this a lot of times is as a pastor, their role is to articulate the Bible in context and equipped the body of church to do ministry that's a pastor's role along with leadership to the staff so if i don't know how to equip other people to do ministry which means discipling people setting up uh, structures in church to where people are not dependent upon my interpretation of the bible from a pulpit then there's no way i'm even remotely ready to be a pastor and thank God I'm not your pastor. Now, I've learned a lot about the Bible over the past year. Um, I know how to keep things in context. I know how to take myself out of the Bible. So I'm not, oh, yeah, I'm Peter. Oh, yeah, I'm Paul. Oh, I'm Jonah. I'm this because the Bible's not here for that. The Bible is here to show us Christ's, excuse me, God's characteristics. It's to display to us, you know, commandments, promises. 
and also to teach us how to live life, how to love each other, how to love ourselves, how to love our spouses, how to love our kids. And so as I begin to study the Bible more and have people walk through life with me and disciple me, I realize how much I lived a life to serve myself. And it's easy to look at the pastors who we see on a weekly basis, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever or YouTube and to go, man, I really want that role. But can you articulate the gospel and disciple someone if you knew you'd never be recognized for it? That's what makes someone have a heart for Jesus. What are you doing in your personal life to equip those around you to have a greater understanding for God? Think about that. And I can't say that I wanted fame because I I wouldn't do well as a famous person. I, I love my privacy. I love my silence. I don't like people telling me what to do to a certain degree. And imagine being that mainstream pastor where everyone's hanging on to every word you know we all make mistakes we all slip up in our speaking imagine being ridiculed for that imagine having people walk up to you and say man your sermon sucked or you got this wrong or you were out of context i can tell you i wasn't ready to handle that and as i begin to study god's word more I want to be able to equip other people to do ministry and I want God to get all the glory from it. I don't want that glory myself. I don't want people to worship me. I don't want people to idolize me. I just want to do the work of the ministry so that God says, great job, my good and well done. Excuse me, not great job. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And so I want to make sure that I'm stewarding my resources well. I'm leading my house well. I'm leading my marriage well. I'm parenting in a way that gives God glory. And so I just wanted to be transparent with you all. The more I thought I wanted something, the more God showed me that I'm not ready for it. And most important, he showed me if you're going to do something that's going to have a great impact on people, I want the glory for this isn't the Brian show you are here to serve me and I love it because I remember writing out this plan for my church right and technically I kind of got my own church now with the podcast imperfect church whatever anyway I digress but I remember God saying and shut up and shut up You don't need to go preach to anybody. You don't need to try to force your way into ministry. Because what we do to give God glory is rarely recognized. It's how we love each other. It's how we care for each other. It's the text of how can I pray for you? It's the let's walk through the scripture together. Those are the things that make a huge difference in ministry. And it goes back to the Great Commissions. Go ye therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them the commands. And I probably butchered that. But if you go and read Matthew 28, 18 through 20, that's what Jesus called us to do. That's what Jesus called us to do. Go make disciples, which means that we have to be poured into ourselves before we can give to others. If I don't have an understanding, how in the world can I teach you anything? So I'm thankful I'm not your pastor. I have a lot to learn. I have a lot of growing up to do. And I want to make sure that if God calls me to ministry, it's his way. It's on his time. And most important, I'm prepared for it. I live my life in a way that's glorifying to God inside and out. It's not about me. It's not about the glitz. It's not about the glam. It's not about even having a big old church. If I can disciple one person and they understand the gospel in the right context and can articulate that to someone else and disciple someone else, man, that's huge for me. So I don't want to discourage anybody. Um, dreams demand responsibility. And that responsibility is to make sure that I know what the word of God is and that I live in an authentic and honoring way to Christ. And so I just want to challenge you before you want to hop on a before you want to hop in a pool pit, before you want to plug your microphone up and just go make sure that what you do in private with your Bible, what you do in private in your prayer time doesn't cause you to want to be more than what God called you to be. I never want to be outside his will for my life because there I will not do well. So thank God I'm not your pastor. <laughs> thank God. But thank you all so much for tuning in and uh, listening to the Imperfect Church Podcast. Uh, this is the end of season two. So I pray that you've enjoyed it. Um, you can check it out on Apple. You can check it out on Spotify as well as Anchor. Um, also, check out the Instagram page at Imperfect Church Podcast. Um, and I'll be leaving some inspiration there. Probably take some time off um, just to enjoy family and uh, my friends and the great people in my life. But we will be back. And if you want to be on season three, hit me up. Let's talk about it. Doesn't matter what the subject is. Um, of course, there's a million, billion things going on in our world. But I'm nothing without you all who are my listeners. Um, so thank you all so much. I appreciate you all uh, tuning in and checking out um, the podcast. And most important, share this with someone. Right. We hear something that encourages and inspires us and we keep it to ourselves. It's pointless. Share. So thank you all again. And you already know whether you do or you don't. You belong. God bless you. Goodbye.